Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Today we're going to be busting some podcast myths. But first, I want to read out a couple of new reviews we've got. Because okay. apparently people like us. Damn. So, one's from Dane. He said, this is a thoroughly interesting series of podcasts that help to educate on all things related to a relatively new format of podcasting. It's so good, I'm thinking of attending one of their courses. And then in brackets, these are run with Progressive, who are excellent at producing courses. Well, nice. it's not wrong. <laughs> My course is Hope phenomenal. To <laughs> <laughs> Hope to see you there, Dane. And then Michael, who is the host of the Parentpreneur Show, one that we produce and work with. Uh, he says, Ash and Kane drop funny, bite-sized knowledge bombs, show after show after show. Each idea is actionable and makes me grow confidence each time I sit in front of the mic to record my own podcast. Thanks very much, guys. Couldn't disagree more because you are not funny. Have a word. In knowledge bombs. Definitely not you either. Yeah. <laughs> Ad-libs. Ad-libs. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you very much, Dane, and thank you very much, Michael. Um, and let's get into the episode. Guys, right, what's today? What did we say it was again? Oh yeah, Mythbusting, myth that's it. <laughs> Podcast myths, hit me with some. Right, so this is like my least favourite one. Is, or, or, or the one I, I don't like hearing the most is, is okay. what I mean is what I call plastic content where people are just hyper aggressive with editing mm-hmm. and it's like zero ums, zero buts. This, you know, pause has to be reduced by two tenths of a second. Otherwise, my audience will hate me. Like all of that. It, I'm a firm believer all shows must be edited. Like they must be well produced, edited, you know, all all of that good stuff. But when people are really, really aggressive and your content becomes almost like TV style of like everything's almost scripted, it doesn't come across well to the listener. I think it's really, really obvious. I feel like if you're somebody who does stutter a lot or um, a lot. You're doing that thing that Zane told you not to do. Look at how you're sat. <laughs> how is he meant to cut to your face when you look, look like that? He just uses the same clip from like five episodes. <laughs> your, your t-shirt keeps changing. <laughs> yeah. But for for audio listeners, he's just sat there with like his chin in his hand, looking so bored. <laughs> well, be interesting. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast about podcasting, mate. <laughs> but that's better. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> it's just, it's, I, be, I think it becomes very insincere, not authentic when all of your content is just so aggressively edited, especially with audio where you sound near perfect when you don't sound anything like that normally. And then when people do actually speak to you, they're like, oh, okay, this is like nothing like the actual person. So if you're one of those people, firstly, you're probably killing yourselves or your editor trying to edit like that because. It takes so long and it is actually going to have a detrimental effect on the quality of your content. It needs to be more natural. The reason people listen to podcasting is because it's conversational. It's like they're a fly on the wall between friends. It's good content that is relatable and authentic and people can then really buy into you. But if it's going to be really, really highly produced, I don't think you're in the right space. I mean, we found this kind of, first hand didn't we when when i first kind of joined the podcast we were very rigid like question answer question answer mm. but now our approach of chatting shit um and taking the piss out of each other seems to work so much better people yeah. love it we get way more reviews way more people speak to us and be like oh i love the podcast we get 
probably more revenue off the back of it. There's all, all things have increased since we've tried to be as authentic as possible. Because realistically, from our point of view, we don't want to be on here in a button-up fashion that isn't us, and then someone wants to chat with us after, and then we're completely different when we speak to them because oh, that's not the same Ash I listen to on the podcast. Exactly. So we may as well be the idiots that we are in real life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the royal we, <laughs> <laughs> the idiots we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So not a fan of that one. So second one costs a lot of money. Now I feel like there's definitely a hobbyist community with podcasting. No worries. If you really enjoy all of the editing process, you enjoy setting up the tech and you enjoy looking at the reviews of various cameras and mics and you want to spend a bit of money, like, fine, like, there's nothing wrong with it. But if that's the thing that's stopping you, then that then there's something seriously wrong with it. So right now, we're using Zoom PodTrack P4. I think they retail at 200 but I keep seeing them at, on Amazon at, at 150 few XLR cables. Two mics. I think these mics, are, honestly, are like thirty quid each. Like, we should probably get some new ones. Yeah, well, but that's the thing. Like we say that because we're podcasters and we talk about podcasting, but they sound fine. Like they sound good. Yeah, true. It, it's just one of those things that people buy, like the Shure mic, because it looks pretty. But you know, you're not going to get more views on your clips just because you've got a Shure mic. Which, I mean, it's pointless. So. Equipment, most people using the laptop use your phone as your camera if you're doing a video version. Dynamic microphone. And by the way, if you're a solo podcaster, all you do is Zoom interviews. You don't need a pod track and you don't need second mics. You need one mic that's USB, plugs into your computer, use your phone as your camera. So basically, all you're doing is buying a microphone. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we've got a, a multiple kit lists, but if you look at Zoom dynamic microphones or Samsung, dynamic microphones and that's not the phone brand it's s-a-m-s-o-n sort of 50 to 100 quid right you can get a really good usb dynamic mic looks decent works really well and it's just plug and play like you don't need to spend loads of money and that i think is a detrimental factor to a lot of people and really the same content as i've just said there but for oh i'm overwhelmed with tech it's not because if you want to do social media i promise you that's harder because you've got to learn all the algorithms of the different content, of the different platforms, sorry. You're going to need a video version of, of your content. If you want to perform on social media now, you need video, which means you're dealing with cameras and then video editing and all these things. It's way more technical. Whereas with a podcast, it's easier to edit audio. Most of you can start with just an audio-only podcast, and that's more than good enough. So you need less equipment. It's easier to produce. It's quicker to produce. So when people say, oh, I can't do a podcast because I'm a bit of a technophobe, but they're posting videos on social media all the time. (laughs) Don't worry, you're fine. It's easier. So I think that's sort of myth number two is cost too much. Right, so we spoke at a um, property event of of all places last night. And this is what I said to, to everyone there is, if you're brand new to property investing, for example, right? Like we are complete novices, no nothing. Like, treat us as idiots. I mean, people do with you anyway. <laughs> That's two in like 30 <laughs> seconds, catching straight. But there's loads of podcasters out there that are multi, multi, multi millionaires. They do huge developments, right? Massive property. Their appetite for risk is different. They've been doing it for 20, 30 years. They might have a podcast, but I, as a beginner, might find some value from them, but not a lot. 
Whereas if there's one person who's got one investment property, they're six months ahead of I am, they're still in their day job, right? They're still balancing their family. They've got, they're investing just the savings from, you know, the last five years of working, right? Their content, their experience is going to be way more relatable to me, way more important to me than the multimillionaire with loads in the bank. So if this doesn't go right, it doesn't matter. They're doing different types of projects. They're doing big developments. I'm just trying to do um, like a single let, buy to let. So when people say, oh, I'm not an expert, why would anybody listen to me when such and such is out there? It goes, well, yeah, because who will listen to you? Probably the near 8 billion people that are just slightly behind you. You've actually got a much bigger opportunity of people listening to you than the people ahead of you. Because if somebody is miles ahead of you, most people can't relate to their content. They are talking to the super niche. But if somebody, whatever your content is about, whether it is, you know, property investing or something about a particular sport or, or whatever it is, if it's professional, for example, if Joe Rogan did a podcast about podcasting, his information would be way less valuable to our listeners than ours is because he's already famous. He's got millions of followers and he can do anything and it will work. So people could listen to that, take his advice, you guys not working. But that's because he's so far ahead of you that he doesn't even know what it's like to be in your shoes. So does that make sense? So when people say, oh, why would I do it when such and such is out there? That's exactly why you need to do it because they're doing they're serving a completely different part of your market and when you are brand new that makes it so much easier to capture that audience relatability isn't it it's so much easier to listen to something that's relatable exactly um authentic relatable consistent any more keywords they're three quite long words i feel like all three of them are very important (laughs) um but no it is and uh, the pit stop is a really good example for the f1 podcast those guys like many of us, myself included, got into Formula One when, the, I think it was two years ago now, the, the last day race happened where Lewis Hamilton lost to Max Verstappen. It was all chaos. And then there was the Drive to Survive series on Netflix and everyone binged that. And then everyone was an F1 fan all of a sudden. And these guys were the same, but they started a podcast, clearly as newbies, but it done so well because there was, it was so relatable to so many people. Whereas there's so many F1 podcasts out there now and I tried listening to one. And I had no idea what they were talking about. So many words that just made no sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow. Whereas theirs was way more easy to listen to. Because they were creating content as beginners. And it's like, we know nothing but come and learn with us kind of thing. Exactly. And now they're killing it. Absolutely, yeah. So if you're just, a, like say, a few months ahead of someone or just a, a, li- a couple of steps ahead of someone, then maybe your content will be the most beneficial to them. Yeah, for sure. And then the final one that I've got on my list anyway is you need famous guests to have a successful podcast, which is rubbish, right? Because even on an interview show, I think one of my favorite examples of this, actually, listen to the, the pod I've shouted them out before, is Dodge Woodall. Now, say, I was going to say, go on to the entrepreneurship charts whenever this goes out, and I would be surprised if he's not in the top five. Yeah, probably. Um, so what's, event, what's the name of Eventful, Eventful Lives. Lives podcast. Now, most people do leverage other people's big names. Dodge has done something really, really quite impressive, which is I'm leveraging good stories. So he's interviewed right people from have been undercover, you know, from the drug smugglers. Like they're just really incredible stories. His right? titles are amazing. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, so that just goes to show that when you've got really good content and you do everything else right, such as the clips and all these things, you don't need huge names. 
right? And if it's a B2B sort of like a more professional podcast like this, like we rarely have guests, but it's just about content and then pushing it out there to the right people. And uh, another friend of the pod, Tanner Campbell, right, from Practical Stoicism, he's got half a million listeners a month and it's all about stoicism and it's just him, right? So it's just, you know, he's not getting huge celebrity guests on his show to grow it like that. So you've got one which is more about lifestyle, ours is more about business, one's an interview show, right? So you've got all these different types of shows. They're incredibly successful, but you don't need huge name guests. Because people look at, you know, the Joe Rogans, the Stephen Bartlett's, right? Oh, he's interviewing Elon Musk or whatever. Like, of course it's massive. It's like, yeah, but that's them. And of course they'll get tens of millions of views because people care about famous people. But you can still be incredibly successful without necessarily having to leverage those those people. Because do you mean, like, Tanner, you're not going to sniff at half a million downloads a month by any means. That's an enormous show. So you don't need, as long as your content is good and you're marketing it to the correct people, you can have a really big and successful show. And you've got to think of your aim as well. If your podcast is you positioning yourself as an expert, so you are, so you are an expert in your niche and you're trying to get clients, then having an amazing guest to get loads of views is cool, but people are only coming to watch them. Mm. I, I mean, it's valuable because then those people might then become invested in what you have to talk about, but it's way more valuable to have a guest in a similar space and have a really in-depth discussion and have some fantastic content that your audience is going to think, wow, this guy knows what he talks about, then you just being the questionnaire for a famous guy and their fanboys coming to listen and then never listening again. So yeah, That's true. Well, listen, that's all my muffs. Sorry? That's all my myths. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> R-rated version of the podcast. podcast. Uh, that's all of the myths that I wanted to address today. Hopefully busted and then people just get on with their podcast and ignore all of that crap in the back of their head that's telling them not to do it. Fingers crossed. Till next time. Adios.